Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. All right, ladies, how are you? Oh, goodness, it has been a week, hasn't it? The weather has been crazy here in Minnesota, but this summer girl is just loving it. I, I'm happy with it being hot. <laughs> I'm happy for the storms that pass through because I this is just my favorite time of the year. So no complaints here. Well, this is part three of the relationship series. And this week we're going to talk about partnerships, collaborations, and for our single friends listening, or for those of you involved in the lives of young girls, We're also going to talk about relationships. Uh, I'm going to share some things that I passed along and taught Sam on our daughter when we were raising her so that she could make really wise decisions in who she dated because she knew that she had value and she knew that she had worth. And so she didn't need to be looking for relationships because of peer pressure, maybe because of all of her friends were dating or that was just the thing, you know, and if you weren't dating someone, something must be wrong with you. And and so I just want to pass along anything that I have in that regard for those of you that might be single listening, my single friends out there, I see you, or even you may you might be raising a teenage daughter, maybe middle school or even high school. And I would even say in this world that we are living in, I would say even young girls in like fourth, fifth and sixth grade really need to start having this type of information in regard to uh, just relationships. This needs to be taught to them really as as soon as they are able to begin having those types of conversations, because I am just I've been just blown away and I don't really necessarily know why it's been so surprising to me, but it has nonetheless that there are some really young girls like getting getting into dating relationships in like grade school. And I mean, I I kind of like I don't know, I, I guess I kind of remember that. Even when I was in grade school, I remember my friends dating, you know, in the sixth grade. I remember liking boys when I was, you know, in the fifth and sixth grade. And I definitely didn't have this type of impartation of truth and that I'm going to share with you that I shared with Sam. But, you know, we learn things the hard way, right? And we want our kids to have better than what we had. That's one of the, one of the aspirations of healthy parenting. And so I, I don't know, I just was thinking about that, you know, we're in this relationship series and I thought, why not do just a little, a little piece of that for the young girls that you might be involved with and have influence in their lives. This entire episode, and I'd even go as far as to say this entire series 
really is filled with such wisdom. And I don't say that to say like, look at me, pat me on the shoulder. I'm all that in a bag of chips. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just, I'm just really passionate about this series because this wisdom that I'm sharing and that I'm imparting, I've learned the hard way. You know, they say that your calling and anointing will cost you. And let me say that the wisdom in every episode of this podcast, every line I write in my books and devotionals came at a cost. And I don't mean just financially. Set that aside. Yes, there's a a huge financial piece to doing those types of things. I'm not talking about that. I'm not, that's a different kind of conversation. I'm talking about the cost of refinement. I'm talking about being misunderstood, watching people walk out of my life because they felt they could no longer support me and receiving sharp disapproval. I'm talking about surrender to the Lord, surrender of my agenda, what I think I should have, how I think my prayer should be answered, choosing the high road, obedience that didn't always feel good, and forgiveness even when I didn't get an apology. I'm talking about like your your calling and your anointing is going to cost you something. You know, I'm talking about like the like sometimes it's really hard and you really feel like it's like gutting you. You feel there are times where you have seasons of loneliness, you have seasons of doubt and you're just wrestling and contending in your faith and you feel like, man, is there another side to this? Am I going to overcome this? Your calling and your anointing is going to cost you, but you know what? It is really worth it. My relationship with the Lord, all of the years and all the things that it has cost me, the refinement, the surrender, you know what, sitting here today, it was worth it. And so in all honesty, I would do it all over again to learn what I have learned sitting here today. All right, we have a lot to cover this week, so let's dive in. First of all, let's talk about partnerships and collaborations. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says, how can two walk together unless they agree? And Proverbs 11, verse 15 offers this sage wisdom. He who is surety for a stranger will suffer, but one who hates being surety is secure. And in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, we read, My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself. For you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. So what is this telling us? Essentially, if I'm just going to make this as simple and easy to understand as possible, we are being told here, exercise wisdom in who we partner or collaborate with. I remember when I, way back many years ago, I became the store manager of a very well-known women's clothing store. It's globally known. If I said the name, you would know the name right away. You wouldn't even have to 
try to think about, hmm, have I ever been there? You would know. But um, when I became the store manager, as with any leadership change, there's usually like a, a fresh vision and, you know, fresh direction, a fresh plan going forward. And so when I had, I remember so clearly when I had my first initial team meetings to just kind of introduce myself and you know, kind of get to know people a little bit better. I had worked there for some time. I mean, like maybe a year. I, the Lord just really gave me a lot of favor and I kind of rose up in the corporate world really quickly. So I had been there for about a year, but I don't know that I really knew them. And definitely because I was being promoted from within, I really just wanted to spend some time with them in this new, in this new role as the store manager. And so in those first few store meetings, you know, kind of just building a relationship. And, and then I finally began sharing my vision for the store and the direction that I wanted us as a team and as a store to go forward in. And in the retail business, or at least back then, I haven't been in retail for so long, so I don't even know if this is a thing anymore. But back in the day, it used to be called Own the City own the city. And what that meant is you wanted your business to be the first business that the community would think about when they needed to make a purchase. When they had a need, they thought of your store, like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to see what they have first before I go anywhere else. So for example, let's say someone was going to a dinner party and, um, uh, you know, the woman looking in her closet just felt like, uh, I don't really have anything that I want to wear to this particular dinner party but I'm going to go to that store because I've had a really great experience there before and I found some really great pieces of clothing there and so I'm going to go there that's what owning the owning the city that's what that means like you are the first the first place that comes to mind in people's thoughts when they need to make a purchase. And so as I was casting my vision and some direction and some changes that I wanted to make to support that new direction and that vision, I began to notice really quick, <laughs> there was not a lot of time there, <laughs> really quickly within just a matter of a few days for some people, and then it, you know a few weeks it took for other people to see that they weren't necessarily on board with my management style, with the, the vision that I have, with the direction that I wanted to take the store. And maybe even um, I would go as far as to say some of my expectations of my my team changed because I raised the bar. I, you know, what a novel idea to expect you to show up for your shift. I mean, wow, that's what a novel, <laughs> what a novel idea. So I, I had expectations and I don't think that they were far reaching. I don't think that they were unrealistic. They were like 
to be expected. I mean, why why would you expect to be paid for a job if you weren't showing up? And so even just noticing, you know, different comments were made and and you know, my my some of my team wanted to have one-on-one meetings with me and they were expressing just their concerns and uh, I don't know if I'm really on board with this and and that kind of thing. Here's the, here's what I here's what I started noticing in that. I started noticing that there was just kind of like grumbling and complaining. And here's what I did. I allowed people to quit. Yes, I did. You heard me right. I allowed people to quit. Even some of my assistant managers, because I understood the power of partnerships, both good and bad. Now, Does this mean everyone that we allow to work for or with us needs to share the same perspectives we do? No, I'm I'm not saying that at all. But there were like what I would refer to as non-negotiables that needed to be with the individual that was going to work underneath me in my store and be a part of my team. There were certain things that you know, as, as people were quitting. And so then I needed to accept their resignation. And then I had to go through the hiring process, interviewing and hiring process. That was my responsibility as the store manager. And, you know, there were certain things, non-negotiables, essentials that people needed to already possess. And then there were other things that, that I felt like, you know, if this person was teachable, I could teach them that. So some of the non-negotiables, some of the essentials that they needed to have was they needed to have a good work ethic. They needed to be a team player. They needed to like clothing, <laughs> right? They needed to, um, they needed to care about, about appearance and they needed to like people. I mean, if you, <laughs> I mean, there again, what a novel idea. If you don't like people, retail probably isn't the place for you. So just some some things like that, whereas like teachable type things that I I thought, you know what, you might not be able to possess that, but I can teach you that. That would be, for example, building a complete outfit. I can teach you that. I can teach you how to run the cash register. I can teach you how to engage and and begin a conversation to be able to connect with the women that are walking through our our storefront. I can teach you those types of things. I mean, so for example, last week, our central air conditioning unit here at home was not working and it was really hot. I might just add like a little side note. Here in Minnesota, yes, the summer girl loves the heat, loves the sun, all of that. It was really hot and it was really humid here last week. And so our central air conditioning unit, um, while I'm a fan of the heat, Tim is not. So <laughs> he kind of likes the air to be on. And the tech that that came to look at it and did the repair on it, you know what? He may not have had the same biblical views that I do. He may not have the same work ethic that I do. He, You know, all those different things. But you know what? That isn't what we're talking about here. Because, why? Because I'm not making business decisions with him. I am not in a partnership with him. I am not collaborating with him. He is somebody that works for a company 
that put in the air conditioning unit to begin with all of the years ago. They're the ones that come out and do the routine yearly checkup and maintenance and all. So that's who we call. Who they send, I don't know anything about them. And so we're talking about two different things here. We're talking about partnerships and collaborations. When I think about even like She Rises and the amount of people who want to be a part of She Rises, wow. I mean, I'm talking about everyone from vendors to speakers to worship leaders. I get emails all the time. And especially around the annual conference time, my email is inundated with people who want to be a part of She Rises. I remember last year, there was quite a few of people who wanted to be vendors at the She Rises annual women's conference. And I really, in all of the, in all of the conferences that I've ever hosted, even the one day events, I've just never opened it up to vendors. Not that I'm necessarily opposed to it. It's just not something that has been a part of the the weekend that that I wanted to host and the vision that I have. That might change at some point in the future, but up to this point, it really wasn't anything that I was ready to open up and make available. But I remember one person in particular that reached out to me. And before I make any type of decision, I like to visit their website. And so I, I think that that's really important, really a piece of wisdom here. We're talking about sage wisdom. I mean, if you're thinking about entering into some kind of partnership or collaboration, can I humbly encourage you to do your due diligence, gather information, ask questions so that you can make an informed decision because it's in the gathering of information and it's in the gathering of the answers to those questions that you're going to be able to decide, is this someone that I can be in partnership with? Is this someone that I can collaborate with? Do they share my non-negotiable, my essential type values? Is this someone that I can be like equally yoked with? Is this someone that I can be aligned with? And you're going to be able to answer those questions after you've done your due diligence by gathering information and asking those questions. But I visited this particular website and just kind of looking at some of the information that was on this person's website, it was very obvious. There wasn't a lot of digging that needed to be done, but it was very obvious that her her particular beliefs were not aligned with mine. I mean, I am a born-again, spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ. I am I unashamedly uh, believe in absolute truth, which is the Bible, the word of God. And anybody that is going to be a part of She Rises, no matter if it's the the door greeter or uh, a speaker or the worship leader or the MC or whatever, whatever role on the team, I, I expect that person to share my biblical values. And so this particular person who was interested in being a vendor, she was, she had a belief system that was in like, 
Eastern type religion, mysticism and, and that type of thing. And, and I, I just, I can't support that. And I can't, I, I can't collaborate with that because it goes against my non, non-negotiables, my essentials. I recently read about something so common in ministry. So I just have to say, if you're not a part of that world, please stay stay with me here. Because I think that even though it might not make complete sense, if you kind of lean into what is being communicated here in this thing I'm going to share with you, uh, I think that it can be applied to other areas of our lives. But the person writing it was speaking to those of us who are in some kind of ministry. And he titled it Ministry Hitchhikers. They want what's in your hand, not in your heart. They want your platform, not your presence. They want your connections, not your correction. They want your progress, not your process. They want a ride to your future without paying the price for fuel. They want sustainment, but not sacrifice. So what is what's what is that person saying here? It's he's talking about who you partner with and who you collaborate requires you and I to exercise a lot of wisdom. And, you know, so many times, so many times people, people want to be a part of She Rises and, you know, and it's important for me as the leader to make sure that I understand their motives. Like what, what is their heart? What are they about? And I, so I think that you kind of get the idea there. We see in the early church, they were like in the book of Acts really records the beginning of the early church, but they were placing a big emphasis. And I would also add a wise emphasis on who they replaced Judas with. And if you know anything about the disciples, Jesus had 12 disciples. Judas was the one that betrayed him. But in the book of Acts, it says that they carefully and prayerfully selected the one who would who would replace Judas. And you know what? We can learn a lot from their example. It says that that the man that they chose was a man of faith, was a man of faith, that he was a person of the spirit. In other words, they really felt like after prayerfully considering this particular individual, they really felt like I could collaborate with this person. I could partner with this person because we have a shared belief. The people we choose to partner or collaborate with matters because what they believe or hold as values comes with them into that partnership or collaboration. Don't miss that. That is really important. We think we, and I, gosh, I'm just being honest here. I think that we're fooling ourselves if we think otherwise. Because eventually it will affect the dynamic of that partnership and that collaboration. Whereas if we exercise wisdom in the beginning and prayerfully considered that partnership or that collaboration, we could avoid all of the dynamics that will come with that unhealthy partnership and collaboration. All right, let's move into the next part of this week's episode on relationships. 
for, again, for my single friends listening this week, I want to champion you forward in knowing your worth and not giving discounts out of a desire for a male companion. And this even goes to if you're raising, if you're raising daughters, you have granddaughters, maybe you are uh, a mentor to, to teenage girls in your youth group. It really doesn't, it just covers just a wide variety of different relationships. So it's more, it, it, it goes out to more than just our single sisters in Christ who might be listening to this episode, but second Corinthians chapter six verses 14 through 17 tells us not to be unevenly yoked with non-believers. Listen, you are a daughter of the King. Walk like it, talk like it, dress like it. And I would even go as far as to say, wait like it, because you know what? God knows who he wants to bring into your life in the area of a male companion. And you know what? Waiting for God's perfect provision in that area of your life is worth the wait. You, like I said, you are a daughter of the king. Walk like it, talk like it, dress like it, and wait like it. I re- Okay, so I remember when Sam was a teenager. I mentioned this earlier on in this episode. I began at a young age, again, when she was able to begin having this type of conversation. I'm not talking about, you know, when she was three, (laughs) she was older, you know, to be able to engage in conversation. And I started talking to her about having a standard for herself in those that she would maybe consider dating. (laughs) I'll tell you what I said to her. I said that she wasn't someone's guinea pig to try dating out on. (laughs) Yes, I did tell her that. And I told her that more than once. Why? Because she was she was a young girl that had incredible worth and had incredible value and she wasn't she wasn't just someone to to just be available for any boy that really wanted to kind of sow his wild oats or try dating out on no 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 she has way too much worth and she had way too much value for that that was not for her so i began teaching her and speaking into her life having a standard for herself, not not looking for perfection. Please don't misunderstand me here. We are not talking about teaching the young girls in our lives to look for perfection because there is nobody perfect. I love my husband. I'm happily married. This September, we will be married 33 years. And is he perfect? No. Does he sometimes disappoint me? Yeah. Does he sometimes let me down? Yep. Does he always meet my expectations? No. Do I disappoint him sometimes? Yeah. Do I always meet his expectations? No. Do I sometimes let him down? Yep. Am I perfect? No. But you know what? We love one another and we're committed to one another. And we were never looking for perfection when we decided to say our vows and be committed to one another 33 years ago um, at, at the church that we got married in. So some of the standard that I started sharing with Sam were kind of non-negotiables, like essentials that that this young man needed to already have 
already come into the relationship with because it was not her responsibility to develop these types of things in him. This this wasn't something that she was responsible to teach him or to lead him in. These were things that he already needed to possess before he asked her out on a date. So some of these things were, and this isn't an exhaustive list, but this is a really great place to start. So you can add to this list, you can make adjustments, but um, again, just sharing some things that I shared and taught Sam. Number one, he needed to be a born again, spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ. And I think right there, the reason why that was like the number one thing is so often us as women, we think that we will change him, right? How many of us have thought that, that our faith will rub off on him and he will want to be a a born again believer because of me and I'm strong enough in my faith and I'm going to, I'm going to save him. I'm going to convince him it doesn't work that way. So number one, born again, spirit filled follower of Jesus Christ. Number two, he needed to be a person of the word, a person of the word. Number three, church attendance is a priority. Church attendance is a priority. And again, I, man, how many times has have us as women, we have thought, you know what? He says he's going to go to church with me. And so um, I, you know, I just trust him and I just believe him. But you know what? When you look at his life, He hasn't been to church and he's never expressed any interest in like years, in all the years that you've been, that you have known him. What is, what's going to change now has to come from within him. We can't make those that want to date us and want to marry us and spend the rest of their lives with us. We can't make them want our faith. We can't make them want to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't make them want to have church attendance as a priority. We can't make them hungry for the word of God. Number four, this person needed to support her biblical values and that Jesus is her number one relationship, not him. Not him. You know, like Sam could love him. Sam could want to spend the rest of her life with this with this person, really enjoy spending time having conversation um, with this person. But Jesus is her number one and he needed to be okay with that and not jealous of that. Uh, Number five, that he treats her the same no matter who he is around. Wow, that's a big one right there. That, you know, if they are in like a, like maybe a, a co-ed group of friends and maybe they're going to the Friday night football game, but he, you know, teases her or he ignores her or he just kind of dismisses her when he's in a large group of, of, of friends. But then when it's just the two of them, you know, like maybe on the phone or, you know, maybe like they went out for ice cream, but they're not necessarily dating. Um, and then he treats her differently. That's a problem. <laughs> 
that's a problem right there. And also noticing that he treats others with respect. And so that comes through observation, having your eyes open, having your ears open. How do you see, how do you see him treating other people, other like the, the teachers at the school or the leadership at church or, you know, his coach on the football team or, or whoever? How does he treat other people? Does he treat them respectfully? Is he a good listener? Is he dismissive of them? Does he include other people? Or is he more about like a click? Like have this label in your clothing or live in this certain neighborhood or, you know, I mean, kind of observing that tells you a lot about this individual. And finally, I encouraged her to have a standard that he has a job. He has a job and it might just be, you know, flipping burgers at the local hamburger joint a couple nights a week, but he has a job. And so it's not up to her to always fund their dates. And not that not that they can't go that they can't go Dutch and and pay, you know, one another each pay their own way. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying and I was encouraging her is that. He isn't to solely rely upon her. Like he needed to have a job because it shows shows responsibility. It shows maturity. It shows integrity. It shows that he was, you know, trying to to better himself. So really great stuff right there. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with that. You can feel free to take out and add or change things, whatever you want to do. I just really wanted to give you just some ideas of things to maybe have as a standard and begin to teach and implement in the lives of other young girls that you might have influence in. All right. I know I mentioned in last week's episode that we'd also be talking about rebuilding trust in this current episode. But because I try to keep these around 30 minutes long, I'm going to drop that episode on Monday. Okay, I need you to pay attention because usually a new episode drops every single Wednesday. I'm going to be, for the next couple of weeks, dropping two episodes a week. And I have have a have an update have some changes coming that I want to share with you here in a couple of weeks but I'm going to be uh dropping two episodes a week for just a couple of weeks so this episode dropped today on Friday so another episode is going to drop in just a few days on Monday and then another one will drop again on the typical Wednesday that maybe if you have been following the podcast, you know that they always come out on Wednesdays, but I'm adding a couple of episodes for the next couple of weeks. So two a week for the next two weeks. So tune in on Monday. That's why it's important that you are a follower of the podcast and that you have the little notifications turned on so that you don't miss an episode. So come back on Monday to listen to 
that episode on rebuilding trust so that you can be surrounded in a healthy community because isolation is not meant for you. And I think it's important for you and I to heal from past wounds so that we don't continue to filter other healthy relationships through unhealed wounds in experiences that we had in other relationships because you and I were created for community. God wants to bring healthy community around us. And so we're going to talk about rebuilding trust. It is possible. And we're going to talk about exercising wisdom and how that is done. So come back on Monday. Okay. So have a great rest of your day and have a great weekend. And I will catch you right back here in just a couple of days on Monday. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week.